0: This is episode number 20 with Kira Palmy. Welcome to The Marriage Show. I'm your host, Jennifer Price, international marriage interventionist and best-selling co-author of Success Breakthroughs. On this show, I provide innovative solutions for marital success by focusing on personal development and relationship transformation. Every week, I'll be talking with thought leaders from around the world, and we'll be providing your weekly dose of wisdom so you can catapult yourselves to marital success and true life fulfillment. I ask you to love one another, encourage and support each other, and live with passion. Are you ready? Here we go. Happy New Year, everyone. I have a very special guest on the show today. She is my coach. She's the one that I turn to when I'm stuck, struggling, or need a swift kick in the ass. We have Kira Palme with us today to discuss New Year's resolutions versus real goals, and how to create profound and lasting change in your life. Kira Palme is a best-selling author, speaker, and coach. She was diagnosed with cancer at age 16, which inspired her to pursue a path of lifelong healing. She is now very healthy, and she helps soulful leaders synergize their passions into powerful work. Kara has been featured in Success Magazine, The Huffington Post, and on ABC and Fox News. She also studied under Tony Robbins and worked as a coach for Tony's organization for several years years i think that's super cool without further ado let's bring on wonder woman herself kira palmy kira welcome to the marriage show Hey, Jennifer. Man, I'm feeling the pressure. I feel like I've really got
1: to deliver now. That was a pretty epic introduction. Thank you. (laughs) You do. You
0: do have to deliver, but I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I have full confidence in you. I love you to death. You know that. I'm just super, super stoked to have you here. You know me very well. You know that I work with married couples worldwide. I thought you'd be the perfect person to bring on, especially New Year's Eve. People start thinking about. New Year's resolutions and goals for the upcoming year. And I really don't even like the term New Year's resolutions because I think really they're just pretty, it's pretty useless. People don't get results from New Year's resolutions. So let's start with that. Let's start with the difference because you are a master. I I almost said you're a master manipulator. (laughs) that That wasn't coming out right. You are a master at helping me and and all of your other clients manipulate our own lives, our own ways of thinking, our beliefs, so that we can create massive change in our own life, right? So so I guess yeah. I should call you a master change creator. That's a very professional <laughs> to technical <laughs> term. This is your talent. This is your skill is, is helping people create change in their life. So let's first talk about the differences between little New Year's resolutions and actual goals. So so tell us from your perspective what the difference is.
1: Well, in a lot of cases, I believe that New Year's resolutions are just things that you didn't do last year and you feel like you should do it this year. And it's like, oh man, I really, all right. Yep, this year, this is what we're gonna do. And uh, it's really just kind of a story that a lot of people tell themselves. Now, when it comes to real tangible goals, goals that you want to create, follow, and pursue in your life, then there's a huge difference there because there's going to be a clear vision, a clear and compelling reason why you want to pursue that vision. And obviously some action steps are going to be built along the way and and executed really. But yeah, New Year's resolution. I mean, personally, I don't believe in them and and whoever's listening, of course, everyone has an opinion and, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. But it's like, hey, if you've got a real goal, it's not going to be a New Year's resolution. It's going to be something that is a lifestyle because you value it so much.
0: I love that. I love how you how you say it's a lifestyle. It's not just a it's not just a change. It's not just a goal. It's not just a new little something, but it, it actually becomes a lifestyle. I love that. So many couples, you know, want and are craving change and growth in their marriage but they feel stuck and they don't know how to create that change. I'm really good at helping them with the dynamics between each other and themselves. But what's the starting point for creating any kind of change in yourself? The first thing is having
1: clarity on what change you want to create. So getting clear on what that looks like, if things need to change, if things are not going so well right now in a particular area, that's perfect feedback to be aware of. But what is the vision that you want to shift into? I think a lot of people focus on what they don't want anymore. For example, at this time of the year, oh, I don't want to be overweight anymore. But if you keep focusing your energy on what's not working, you're gonna keep creating more of what's not working just based off of the laws of attraction. What you focus on, you attract. And so a lot of people are like, okay, okay, I understand that You know, at an intellectual level, I get it, Kira, but what do I do to actually shift and make changes? So instead of focusing on what you don't want, it's perfect to know what you don't want, But then be like, okay, so I don't want that, but what do I want? What does that look like? How does that feel? Really get clear on the entire vision. It's not just a thing. It's not just like, oh, I want to lose some weight. It's like, okay, no. What do you want to see on the scale? What number do you want to see on the scale? What? Emotions do you want to feel when you see that number on the scale? Who will you become in the process of creating those results? And who must you continue to be in order to continue producing those results so you don't just you know fall back into your old patterns and conditioning? But yeah, the, the first thing is getting clear on what you really want. And the second part is understanding why you want that. Like there's a lot of people who want to lose weight because they look in a magazine and they say, oh crap, I don't look like that at all. So I guess because of this magazine or, you know, the standards of how a woman or man should look, I should go on a diet. And a lot of people create changes in their lives that they don't actually want. And they don't realize that they're actually creating someone else's vision. They're tuning into what success means or looks like for the rest of the world. But if that's not something that truly fulfills the person who has these goals or resolutions, then they're going to find ways to sabotage their path to success like something's going to happen. Something's going to block it. Beliefs are going to stand in the way. All of a sudden they're going to binge on Oreos when everyone else goes to bed and just say, screw it. This stuff never works. So in order to prevent that from happening and actually create lasting change, number one, get clear of what you want, get into the vision, like literally visualize it, harness that visualization every single morning At least 15 minutes just to, you know, give yourself that time to get present and tap into who you must be in order to create that vision, that actualization. And number two is understanding why you want that. Because if it's a reason for you, if it's something that's really important to you, you're going to feel pulled to become the person who produces those results. But if you don't have a clear why or you're just doing it because you feel like other people are doing it or you should do it, then that goal is not going to be in alignment with your soul and something will block it from happening. So in summary, get clear about what you want. And number two, have a clear and compelling reason why you want it that's actually yours.
0: And then what? Come up with a blueprint, a, a plan of sorts?
1: What I would say here is figure out the identity of who you must be in order to create the change that you want. So for example, if you want to make more money in your business, okay, great. You are currently at a level of consciousness that's attracting the level of income that you're attracting right now. So if you want to make a change, then who must you be in that vision where you are creating more income? How much income is there? What emotions are you feeling? It's a matter of harnessing that identity and pretending that you're the person who already has those results, feeling grateful in advance. And once you come to that vibration, then the strategy really locks into place. See, a lot of people are doing the opposite, where they think about the strategy first, but their identity hasn't changed. So if I consider myself broke, and if I grew up in a household where money was the root of all evil, then all of a sudden, if I hire a business coach, for example, and they tell me to uh, do a webinar, run some ads to it, and uh, you know, do some sales calls to grow my business, if my identity hasn't changed, if I still identify as a broke person who thinks money is evil, then... It doesn't matter how clearly mapped out that plan is, I just won't follow it because I'll find a reason to sabotage myself. And that's the same with really anyone else. What must change first in order to create the results that you want in life is your perception of yourself. So it's a matter of starting to believe that you are this person with these particular results that you want most and really feel I mean, everything's energy jennifer if you think of okay what is everything made of everything is made of matter what is matter made up of matter is made of atoms what are atoms made up of subatomic particles and what are subatomic particles made up of energy so when you get to the root of it everything is energy this includes your material manifestations that exists on this 3d plane but it also includes the ideas in your brain. Those are energy too. So when you literally learn to match your frequency, AKA your energy with the visions and ideas that you have in your head, with those goals that you wanna pursue, when you can like tap into the energy of what those goals feel like having already achieved them and you can take actions from the place of already believing you've reached your goals, in the material world, then your energy is going to match up to attract the results that you want most because your energy is in alignment. You're acting in alignment with that greater vision. Your identity changed, meaning your self-perception changed. So now you just believe that you're the type of person who gets the results that you already want. And you map out a strategy from that place that works for you in order to create the change that you want most.
0: Great. So you've got clarity first, get really clear on exactly, specifically what needs to change, understand yeah. why you want that change, and then work on your identity. Now. I hear a lot of people say, you know, when, when you talk about using affirmations, uh, when you talk about forming this identity and figuring out who it is you want to be and why, I hear a lot of people say, okay, well, most common examples. All right. Well, if I, if I want to, if I feel very overweight and I want to lose 40 pounds, you know, and so my identity needs to change to that of a, fit and healthy person, but that person doesn't really feel it. Like what you were talking about a couple of seconds ago is, is you really have to feel who that is as, as a person, that identity. If you want to make more money and you say, okay, next year I want to make $50,000 more and you have to start pretending that you're that person. Well, if a person's really overweight, how do they mm-hmm. pretend that they are fit? and super healthy? How does a person who is currently broke pretend as if they have a lot of money? If you have a person who's struggling with patience and they want to pretend that they are a very patient and loving spouse, but the reality is they're not there yet. What do you say to these people? How can they pretend and kind of get in touch with this new identity When they're not quite believing it themselves yet because they don't see the results yet, they're not feeling it. So, what do you, how can you guide them towards that?
1: It can feel really hard to believe in yourself when things in in your results in the world are not matching up with the vision that you've got in your mind. So, what happens here is just remembering that everything is a choice. And some people, in fact, most people don't like to hear this, especially when they hear it for the first time. Everything is a choice. So if I was 500 pounds overweight right now and I wanted to be in great shape, I would adopt the identity of someone in great shape. Now, that doesn't mean that I would just start doing sprints or running marathons because, man, I could have a heart attack if I did that. But I could literally create a name for this new identity. Maybe I'm Fit Fiona. <laughs> um, so now my identity's name is Fit Fiona. She's a super fit girl. I like. I can close my eyes every morning and, and connect with her, see her, feel her, feel how she feels so healthy and amazing. And then throughout the rest of the day, I can choose to you know, live in the consciousness of Fit Fiona whenever I open the fridge or walk in the kitchen or go to the gym or whatever, I can make that choice to either align with her, for example, or with my old shitty patterns that got me to where I didn't wanna be. Everything is a choice. Every time you open the fridge, it's a choice. Every time you open the pantry, it's a choice. Whenever you go grocery shopping, it's a choice to decide that you're gonna get greens and kale, or you're going to go eat chips and, uh, yeah. Uh, I love what Tony Robbins says. He says, show me your results and I'll tell you your rituals. Hmm. Very wise. Yeah, but it's very true. So, you know, a lot of people are saying, Hey, you're telling me to shift my identity, Kira, but then, you know, I'm not feeling it. Well, It's a choice to choose to feel into the vibration of your goals. When I say the vibration, I mean tap into the feelings of how it feels to have already achieved your goals. Feel grateful right now. Like, oh, man, I can't believe I did this. This is amazing. I am so proud of myself. I feel so good. And continue to do that, especially when you start doubting yourself, especially when you want to walk to the fridge, for example, and, you know, take out your kid's ice cream, or especially when you just want to snap on your husband because he's being a pain in the ass in your uh, perception. Just take a moment, take a breath and say, okay, if I were the, the woman or the man getting the specific results that I already want, how would I feel right now? How would I choose to feel right now? And it's a constant decision to choose to shift your vibration because you cannot make changes in your life if you don't first change the level of consciousness that you're coming from. And it's honestly a full-time job to keep choosing to raise your vibration because we get so many triggers every single day. Things piss us off. Things are tempting us. And if we allow all of that to dictate our lives, then we're literally just going to be primitive animals who just react and create a terrible life for ourselves. But if we choose to step back in any given situation and say, okay, what action is in alignment with my higher self? Okay, and what step will I take now? It might feel sad when you're eating a salad while everyone at work is eating pepperoni pizza, but day after day making those decisions eventually your entire life your entire physique changes and that goes for everything i'm just using physique because it's a really easy example Does that make sense, though?
0: Yeah, it totally does. And and I'm testimony to that because I went through a period of time where I was having some health issues and had to drastically change my diet. And people around me were eating all of these delicious, great smelling sauces and breads and all these different dishes, pepperoni pizza, things I couldn't eat because of allergies. And I was the one eating the salad while they were eating these delicious looking pizzas. And I I did go through a period of time. It, It lasted probably, I don't know, several months, I think, where I felt sorry for myself. I was sad. I felt like I was missing out. And now I'm at a point where... When I'm the one eating the salad and and people around me are eating things that I know are not healthy, I actually feel happy for myself and I feel proud of myself and I'm the one with the most energy at the end of the day. So yeah, it, it it is a process that you go through. It it is a little bit of grieving what you believe you're going to be missing out on, but then soon enough you will realize that the the new practices that you adopt into your life that are healthy are actually going to serve you really well and then you get to a point where I don't miss pepperoni pizza I don't it doesn't even sound good to me anymore I would much rather have a salad which might sound crazy to a lot of people but as you go through the process you you really do realize what's healthy and then you learn to celebrate that so I totally get it and one more thing I just want to say Jennifer is that Obviously, everyone
1: lives in the real world and they're surrounded by lots of people and lots of temptations. And a lot of people can superimpose their judgments on your upgraded kind of lifestyle and say, Hey man, lighten up. What are you doing? Why are you taking things so seriously? Or what happened to the old Jennifer? But just be aware of who you surround yourself with. Everyone who's listening. Choose your friends wisely. And also, you might not be able to choose your coworkers and and the peers that surround you on a day to day basis. But if people are just giving you advice that you never asked for, before you follow anyone's advice, just look at the results that they have in the particular area of life that they're trying to give you advice around and say, okay, well, is this someone who really has the results that I want? If yes, then, Hey, maybe your ears can be open to uh, what they have to say, but you know, on a day-to-day basis, there are going to be lots of temptations. There's going to be lots of naysayers being like, Hey man, just lighten up and, and do what we're doing here. But if it's not in alignment with your greater vision, then be sure to follow your path.
0: Mm, I love it. I love it. Going back to identity for just a moment, how much does the use of affirmations and the use of visualization come into play when creating this identity that you that you want? Are they useful tools, or are they? Is forming this new identity about yourself more of Just an an imagination that starts out as a, a creative process that turns into the feeling that you were talking about.
1: I believe that affirmations and visualization are very important for me. They've been very important. I know they've been very important for people like you as well. Some people are not visual and others aren't really auditory. So they're not as influenced by these things. Maybe they like to write in their journals instead. For me, the reason why affirmations and visualization have been so important and the reason why I always recommend it to my clients and tell them to at least try it on and if it doesn't work out for them, if it feels really heavy and forced, then you know we'll recalibrate and shift into a different ritual that they can put in place. But the reason why I love visualizing is because our imagination is the most powerful tool that we have. I mean, if you look at our bodies, you can touch our bodies like they're in the three dimension. We, our bodies exist in the three dimensional plane. But if I asked you to take out your mind and show me your mind, Jennifer, you couldn't show me, you can't, you can't take out your mind. So our mind is really like this spiritual being inside of us that literally, I believe, exists in a different dimension, like the spiritual plane. And so when we can tap into our minds and use the most powerful tool we have, which is, again, our imagination, and we can imagine what life is like now that we've achieved our goals and how great that feels then that is a really, really profound experience. And I believe that that will inch everyone closer and closer towards their ultimate vision, because it is raising their vibration to match that vision. As long as when they open their eyes after the visualization, they choose to take actions in alignment with the visualization. You know, as long as they choose to do that, then everything will work harmoniously and and keep evolving and the reason why I love affirmations is because I love to visualize and then if any fear shows up around my visualization for example if I think oh I can't do that or I'm gonna fail this and that whatever then I'll write down what all my fears are I don't think I can host a retreat for example because no one's gonna show up that was one of my fears when I hosted a retreat in Sedona So I had to, uh, you know, rework that belief or else it would manifest as the truth. And I just made a decision to say, hey, when I invite people to an experience, the perfect people show up, something along those lines. So I kept repeating that every day and believing it. And I would repeat it throughout the day. If I got fear throughout the day, I would have something to say to myself to raise my vibration again. And, and that way I could just interrupt my scarcity-based patterns, which everyone has. So that's why I personally think that visualization in conjunction with affirmations is really powerful. And I know some people who really like to journal out their vision every day. They're always writing out their identity, what their day looks like. They pretend it's an ideal day and they journal through it. And I honestly journal as well. I do all three of these things every day. And if I miss a day, I know that uh, I'm probably going to feel pretty funky. And I know that that's a choice. Everything's a choice. So then the next day I'll choose to get back on the uh, bandwagon. But yeah, all of these things together, whether it be journaling, affirmations, or visualization, they're all tools to raise your frequency and get into the vibration as if you already have created all the goals that you want in your life.
0: Yeah, I learned recently a new trick that I hadn't heard of before from Tony Robbins business partner, Joseph McClendon III. And he was doing something on instead of New Year's resolutions, I believe he called it New Year's evolution. And I took this little mini course that he offered And he has you actually write down what your goals are for 2019. And then instead of just reading it out loud, like regular affirmations or visualizing, he has you do all of that. But then he takes it a little step further and he has you get up and dance and move while you say these things out loud. And so if you're a person listening who isn't visual, who isn't auditory, but you're more of a kinesthetic learner, then I would suggest taking his suggestion and that is, you know, Get on your little mini trampoline. I have a little mini trampoline. I do rebounding every day, and and I'll Yay. even dance on it too. You know, so you can you can get on there. You can just jump up and down, just little jumps. It doesn't have to be big. Or dance while you say certain things out loud too, and make it a make it a physicality practice. And I think that could be beneficial too. But Kira, you yeah. touched on something a second ago where you said. You're talking about negative beliefs, like local, you know, realizing what they are, identifying them, and and doing something about that. And I want to touch on that for a second because that is a very powerful strategy that I learned from you and our work together. And so I would love for you to share that with people. But basically what it is is, is you... Figure out what a limiting belief is that you have about yourself. And you write that down on paper and you look at it and then you flip it around and turn it into the opposite of whatever it is, you know, a a positive belief. And then you can build that into your affirmations, into your visualization. But talk to us a little bit about that practice. Tell people how to do that because that's been a total game changer for me. So I'd love for you to share that with everyone else.
1: Yeah, a lot of people just recite positive affirmations but if you're saying things that you already believe are true then it's not going to move the needle too much. Also if you focus on your fears then they're really going to kind of consume your life and and just like ruin everything. <laughs> so, what I like to do is for example, I'm a confident woman. You know, I'm very confident when I speak. So none of my affirmations are like I am confident. But I'll notice what's standing in the way between me and my bigger vision, and I'll write that down. So, one of my beliefs in the past was that marketing is hard. So, if my belief that marketing is hard was preventing me from bridging the gap between where I was and and the vision that I wanted, then I would just like write that down along with all the other BS stories that I had that were blocking me from my greatness. And then I would kind of just cross them out and write the opposite. So like a new definition that I created for marketing is that marketing is a process of sharing a transformational experience from the heart. The message benefits the collective and provides them with greater wisdom and insights for their personal growth. So when I shift that and started saying that as an affirmation every day, then I started feeling like marketing was actually a great connection tool because now I'm I'm sharing the wisdom from my journey with other people who are a few chapters behind me. And now all of a sudden I felt like I, I get to elevate other people and lift them up. And in the same process, I'm actually marketing my business. So whatever, stories, whatever BS beliefs are preventing you from achieving your bigger vision, everyone who's listening, you know, just write a list of like, what are all the things you're afraid of? What is standing between you and your greatness? Is it that you always start something and then don't follow through? Or you're afraid you're going to fail? Or you're afraid you're going to be rejected? Whatever it is, write down a list of all the things that are holding you back from your greatness, and then write down something that's pretty much the opposite of it, but you believe and feel that it's true, and most of all, that it's empowering. And recite those things as affirmations, because then when you start to basically go against all of your fears and believe something new then that's really going to shift your behavior, which will shift your results in life.
0: All right. So for a couple who is having a difficult time communicating and they keep telling themselves over and over and over, communication with my spouse is so hard. Communicating is so hard. Communicating is so hard. So what you're saying is they should write that down, have a look at it, flip it to the opposite, and then write down a new statement, communication with my spouse is easy. I enjoy communicating with my spouse. I feel safe while I'm communicating with my spouse and then build that into their affirmations. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Write down whatever you believe is empowering and and you can believe that it's true. Like communicating with my spouse is an amazing gateway to fostering a deeper connection. I love creating a deeper connection with my spouse. Communication is amazing. You know, like whatever you can believe that's empowering, flip it into that. And if you truly believe that and choose to operate from that place of mind, then it will shift your behavior, which will shift the dynamic of the relationship for sure.
0: Yeah. And for for anyone listening who isn't clear on what we mean when we're talking about affirmations, affirmations are just statements that you write down or type out on a piece of paper and then you read them out loud. And it's very important to not read them silently. You really need to read them out loud because something happens to the subconscious when your mind hears you reading something out loud. And it's really recommended that you read your affirmations at night right before you go to sleep. I learned this in the book by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. And the reason why you want to read your affirmations out loud right before you go to sleep is because... Whatever your brain takes in in the last 45 minutes of your day awake, whether it's through television, through reading a book, through conversations you have with your spouse or friends, through emotions that you feel, music that you listen to, whatever your brain takes in in the last 45 minutes before you go to sleep, your subconscious is going to replay those over and over and over all night long while you're sleeping, which drives whatever it is deeper into your psyche and makes it even more profound and even, you know, even a stronger belief and a stronger emotion. And so, reading positive affirmations right before you go to sleep is a great practice because obviously now your subconscious is going to take whatever your affirmations are and replay those over and over and over all night long while you sleep and When I first started reading affirmations out loud at night, I noticed a profound difference in how I felt in the morning when I woke up. I was waking up uh, excited about the day instead of kind of dreading getting into certain projects. I was waking up with this tremendous amount of energy and happiness that I hadn't felt in a long time. So affirmations are really powerful. So you want to read them out loud within the 45 minutes before you go to sleep. And then if you really want to be hardcore, you can read them first thing when you wake up too. That's what affirmations are. If you want to learn more about affirmations, you can pick up the book, Think and Grow Rich. It's a great book. But that's what Karen and I are talking about when we're talking about affirmations. Let's get back to like New Year's resolutions because New Year's Eve, people are, are coming up with all kinds of resolutions that they want to create for 2019. The most common ones are things like I want to lose weight, I want to stop smoking, I want to exercise more, I want to improve my marriage, I want to make more money, I want a job promotion, I want to have more family time, blah, 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 one and one and one, right? And they get motivated by this new resolution. They work on it for a week, maybe two, sometimes, sometimes, rarely three, and then they quit. Mm -hmm. From a mindset perspective, why are they quitting? What prevents people from creating a lasting change?
1: Giving up on their vision, giving up on themselves, no longer doing the work to raise their frequency or act in alignment with the vision of the goal what also could prevent the goal from happening or or cause people to give up is negative influences surrounding them and kind of brainwashing them. And then the person saying, oh, you know what, maybe that isn't that important. But again, that's just giving up on the vision. So yeah, I mean, the reason why most people quit is just because they don't truly believe that they can do it or they believe they can do it but once they do it they're just going to go back to their old ways so why bother and there's just going to be a whole big story that's been created in order to block them from actualizing their their actual goals so when someone gives up it's because they're just really not committed to the vision they're just interested and there's a huge difference between being committed to something versus interested and when you're committed you will make this behavior a lifestyle so that you don't just get into shape and then all of a sudden gain a bunch of weight and eat all the pepperoni pizza on the planet, but you really shift how you show up in the world and and who you're being on a moment-to-moment basis.
0: Yeah, I see this a lot with couples who contact me because they want to do work on their marriage to improve their relationship, and it's very evident to me fairly early on if they're just interested or if they're really committed. Because, you know, they'll they'll get on the phone with me and they'll say, you know, our connection is suffering, our communication sucks, we need help, and uh, we want you to fix our marriage. And then I start talking about, you know, the time investment. You know, how many hours a day, how many hours a week you know, what their homework is going to look like, the exercises they're going to have to do, what is it that we're going to go through over the next 10 weeks? And then they start coming up with all these excuses why they can't enter into a marriage program. They can't do this type of work. They don't have time, the children, the job, this, that. And and it really does separate those who are interested versus those who are committed. And what I find with people who are just interested and not committed is that there is a form, a degree, it could be mild, it could be severe, but there is a degree of laziness there as well, because it's almost like they want me to come in and fix their marriage for them without them actually having to do some work. And mm-hmm. so I, I think there is a little bit of um, a degree of laziness that kind of enters into. So for people who are interested. They want to lose weight. They want to make more money. They want to improve their relationship, but they tend to be more of a lackadaisical kind of person and they want change and they, they want to do the work, but then they find themselves really lazy and unable to actually get up and do it. What what can you say to them? Uh, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Like, man, if you could find a planet
1: where you just lay on the couch and you have six pack abs and you just have potato chips, (laughs) yeah, like a really hot spouse and a great sex life and millions of dollars, like I will find a spaceship and I'll go to that planet. But the truth (laughs) is, like, you're not going to survive on planet Earth. Well, you're not going to thrive on planet Earth if you're too lazy to do the work. So... And sometimes the work is as simple as sitting down and changing your vibration, meaning just sitting down, taking a deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth, letting go of all the bullshit and chaos in your mind or or stories about why you can't do what you want to do or why you're not good enough or whatever, just letting that go and just being like, okay, today's the day I change. Now is the moment I change. You know, that's all it could take is just raising your energy in that moment to a higher level of consciousness. But yeah, overall, if someone doesn't want to do the work or they're not motivated, then I mean, they can just coast by in life. And that's really all they will do if they're not motivated. You know, if you want to create true transformation in your life, it is a full-time job to constantly check in with yourself No one else can do it. I mean, I used to be a personal trainer. I feel like people thought just when they paid me money that all of a sudden they would be in great shape. But the truth was they needed to show up to the sessions. And more importantly, in between the sessions, they had to do the work. They had to make conscious decisions about their diet and the ways that they moved their body. And I couldn't do that for them. Just like you couldn't just wave a magic wand and and save someone's marriage. Anything that we want in life requires work. It doesn't necessarily always have to be hard work. It can be aligned work. And that's what I really work on with all of my clients is, you know, how can you take action in a way that feels most authentic and aligned with who you are? We'll do that, but it is work. It always is work. And that's where our character is developed. No one has the opportunity to develop a character in life If they're not faced with adversity, especially if they don't step up to the plate when adversity arises, if they just kind of coast along, then, you know, it's like, okay, they're weak. They're a weak person. They're not willing to, they say they want something, but they're not willing to take the actions aligned with it. Well, tough shit. You know, really, that's what I would have to say is like, okay, everyone wants six pack abs. Everyone wants a hot marriage. Everyone wants millions of dollars, but, you know, it's a matter of developing the character in order to become that person who really, frankly, deserves those results. You know, we all deserve love and all that good stuff. I mean, we're all human. Like we're all miracles and all of us are truly so valuable each of us have so many gifts and, and amazing things going for us. But again, if you're, if you say you want something, but you're not willing to be the person who acts in alignment with that vision, then the vision will constantly be blocked and you won't get the results you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I often see couples where, one person is creating a lot of change within themselves. They're doing a lot of personal development, everything they can to grow, to understand, to be a better human being, to be a better spouse, a better parent. And then their partner is just not motivated. What are typical challenges that you see in these situations? Well, in these
1: situations, if one spouse is changing in a really positive way, the other might feel threatened. If they haven't been exposed to this new train of thought that the spouse is immersed in, or if they just don't believe in the same philosophies, then there could definitely be a sense of feeling like their spouse is a threat, as if their spouse will suddenly become so great in their lives that they'll no longer have a need for their spouse. So they can feel like, oh no, they're going to eventually reject me if they keep getting into better shape, or if they keep making more money, they're not going to want to hang out with a broke person like me. And all these stories could be created just because they feel threatened. If that is something that's happening, then definitely communication is key. If a spouse is really leveling up, for example, and the other one is just kind of not, then I would advise that spouse who's leveling up to just sit down and have a conversation and say hey you know i've been living a lot of years of my life obviously and i've got to where i am now and there's some things that i realize that i really want to change about myself and so you know that's why i started doing this work and and kind of shifting a lot of my behaviors is because this is so important to me you know and and express the vision express what that is express how that feels And even express how it felt not reaching that goal or or living beneath your potential. You know, get vulnerable and open up and really express that. Now, unfortunately, we can't really change our spouse. We can't give them a pill of motivation and uh, have them grow with us. But we can always express what we would like to change. We can always say, hey, here's what I'm changing and if you really want your spouse to change, maybe if they're not stepping up, like they're just not doing any work around the house, they're not doing anything nice for you, something like that. And it's like, hey, um, remember how things used to be back in the day of so-and-so? And like, you know, you can even mention a date in the past or, or sometime when your spouse was doing all these great things. Be like, yeah, I would love for us to connect like that again. How do you think, what do you feel about that? You know, and always say, always tell someone, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What are your thoughts about that? Because when you communicate in that kind of way, you're not saying, hey, I'm doing all this nice stuff for you. And I noticed that you haven't made any changes and you're still laying here on the couch. So what are you going to do for me now? Right? Because if you if you call someone out, like, or if you even make them feel the slightest bit wrong, then they're going to get defensive and and that's where resentment can be created.
0: Yeah, and stonewalling and then they just shut down and they don't want to do anything. Exactly. So I find communication
1: it's always important. I always follow this formula is uh here's what's happening and here's how I'm feeling. So here's what's happening is I feel like I am uh I realized that I wanted a deeper connection with you and so I really want to do more things to foster that. And so I've been really trying to do some different things with you in order to show you how much I appreciate you. And And the way that I'm feeling right now is that I'm just, I'm feeling unsure if you appreciate me or not. And I'm not saying you're not appreciating me, but I'm just unsure if it's making a difference. So I'm just wondering, I mean, have you felt... Any changes with me? Or is there something different that maybe you and I can work on to really reconnect and and reignite this spark that we used to have? You know, it's just kind of like always asking, well, how do you feel about this? Here's how, here's what's happening. Here's how I feel about it. How do you feel? Rather than like, hey, I need you to change. Get on my level.
0: Yeah, that doesn't work so well. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then they're like, "F you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think it's good to approach it as teamwork too, and instead of asking your partner. If they can start working on themselves and changing, ask them to saddle up beside you and support you, encourage you, and help you in your own transformation. And I've I've noticed that tactic works a lot with couples because the other the other person who's not motivated or not really interested in change, it, that kind of lights them up to feel needed, to feel wanted, and you know there there really is a beautiful gift in helping someone achieve a goal it makes you feel important and significant right and so sometimes that's all it takes right there by itself to get that person to kind of wake up and say wow okay not only am i going to help you achieve your goal whatever it is but maybe i might try to achieve something on my own as well you know it's another little tactic i like to use too Gosh! All right. Well, Kira, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we go, I always like to ask my guests some fun questions. Number one, what's your favorite book?
1: Oh gosh, favorite book, favorite book. Oh, hmm, ooh, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert.
0: Hmm, I haven't read it. I haven't read it.
1: Mm, it's all about creativity and really just following your truth.
0: Mm, I'm happy to get that. That sounds good. What is a current goal that you are working on right now?
1: I'm working on completing my first musical album.
0: Mm. I can't wait to hear it. (laughs) Yes. I'm so excited about this. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. What is your favorite way to show love to yourself or or self-care?
1: To myself, it would be meditating and journaling. If I'm going to go above and beyond, then I will take a salt bath.
0: Mm, I love salt baths. They're so, they're just so decadent feeling. Yes. What one action from human beings would you like to see more of in this world?
1: Accepting and seeing each other for who each person truly is. Really encouragement of self expression.
0: I love it. Love it. And then do you have a life motto or a favorite quote? That really
1: changes every day, but uh, I would say raise your vibration.
0: Love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, thank you. For anyone listening who wants to create some massive change in your life and you're not sure how to achieve the goals that you want to achieve in your personal development, I suggest reaching out to Akira. She has changed my life for the better in so many ways. So Kira, tell everybody how they can find you and get in touch with you. What's your website?
1: My website is kirapalmay.com and my name is spelt a little bit funky. So if you can look at uh, the title of this podcast, it's it's K-E-A-R-A-P-A-L-M-A-Y. So uh, I just realized some people might be driving, so you probably shouldn't be looking at your phone. But uh, yeah, if you visit my website, there's lots of cool free resources And uh, I think you'll really like it if you love this podcast.
0: Yeah. And if you guys are driving and you can't remember, you can always go to my website, jenniferprice.com. You can also go to themarriageshow.com. Find this blog post for this podcast episode, and we will have Kira's website there in the show notes. So you can just click on it and then go straight to her website. That's a wrap. Happy New Year's, everyone. Kira, thank you for being here. Happy New Year to you. And thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks so much. It was a blast, Jennifer. Thanks for tuning in to The Marriage Show. I appreciate the time you took to be with me today. If you love this show as much as I love making it, please subscribe, rate, and leave me a five-star review. That will allow us to inspire more people together. And if there's someone in your life that would benefit from any of the subjects we discuss here on the show, please share it with them. Text it to them, screenshot it, or email the link. Let's change lives together. Let's spread the love. Oh, and please find me on social media and tell me what subject you would like me to discuss here on the show. So head over to Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. I really would love your suggestion. And if you want to check the show notes from today's episode, you can find them at www.themarriageshow.com. And you can also listen to all of my other episodes there as well. Until next time, love one another.